0: Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania.
1: And welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number one. I'm Jim Galanti along with Dustin Smith. First off, Dustin, happy Valentine's Day. And what better way to spend the day than talking Penn State football?
0: And with you. And with you. Partners in broadcasting. And then I think for everybody who listens to this show the day that it comes out, there's no better way, no more mood-setting tone to set than
1: to listen to you and me. Two hopeless romantics talking about football. Exactly. Picture it. Low music in the background with that special person in your life listening to Jim and Dustin talk Penn State football. Did I set the Mm. mood for you, Dusty? Oh, if you – please actually don't do that. You will be in the doghouse forever.
0: (laughs) I've been there. I've been there.
1: (laughs) It would not be the first time for me, Dusty. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to our notes for the week. Announcement made that the Penn State-Purdue game is going to be on Thursday night. Um, at Purdue, of course, on September 1st. Big deal? Little deal? No deal?
0: Uh, I think just maybe a little deal I suppose and I say that because everybody's going to have to pay the piper when it comes to non-Saturday games at some point in time or another this is the way that college football is going this is the way the Big Ten made a commitment to go I know James Franklin's position about Friday night being for high school football I don't really know if I caught how he feels about Thursdays so maybe they're okay with that it does you know play a little trickery in your you know pregame prep for that week and then it does give you more time on the back end to prepare for the next game so it does kind of throw a wrinkle into preparations in this case you know to do it in the opener you don't really get that short week feeling you only get the long week benefit afterwards because you've got a whole offseason to build up to purdue on september 1st i do think you know just from a football perspective we haven't really you know dove into the 2022 schedule so much but you know I don't I, I don't know if I love it from a, a challenge standpoint. I mean this is a tricky Purdue team who showed last year that the, you know if the, if the chips fall right you know they've got the system and they've got the players that they're able to kind of upset anybody. So you know to start on the road again in Big Ten play to start you know against a uh, you know pretty quality Purdue team that you know was able to throw the ball over all over the yard last year um, and is is almost a certainty to continue doing that especially with their quarterback back, you know, this is a defense that's going to have to grow up a bit in, in, in training
1: camp and be ready for that. You know, it's funny. A year ago, it was Penn State at Wisconsin with a new offensive coordinator this year against a tough Wisconsin defense. This year, it'll be up against a tough Purdue offense with a new defensive coordinator for Penn State. And is it just me or does Penn State always start their Big Ten schedule on the road? It really seems that
0: way. I, I would love it if somebody um, did the work and kind of sketched out, okay, out, out of the last ten, um, and I was speaking to you, uh, our friend from Florida, you you seem like you got a little time on your hands. Um to to sketch out, okay, last 10, last 15, where do they start the Big Ten's uh, schedule? And is there actually a discrepancy there? And why would there be a discrepancy there? But it really does seem like, you know, back-to-back years, obviously, but it does seem like more often than not they are on the road to kick things off. And, and I don't know, is that a disadvantage, advantage? I, I, I'm not sure, but I, I would tend to call it a
1: disadvantage. It, the fact is they have been regularly. And is there a reason? Yes, it's because the Big Ten hates Penn State, Dusty. Very simple answer to your question. But it, it has been a regular occurrence where they do seem to be on the road. It, it is a fact. They've been on the road quite a bit. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. And it's interesting, you know, Wisconsin was certainly a test, and Purdue will be a test also. Now, as far as the Thursday night goes, as you mentioned, James Franklin, he is a stickler. He wants routine routine. But let's face it, television is what drives this boat. That's where the money comes from. And as you said, you're going to have to do it sometime. Why not do it the first game? You have plenty of time to prepare for it, and then you're not penalized afterwards with a short week or the short week prior. So why not just do it? I'm not all that worked up about the fact that it's on a Thursday night.
0: And I'm not sure if James Franklin is. James, I mean, at some point in time, you have to concede defeat on something like this because whether you, you know, complain and moan about something, not saying he was for this particular thing, but, you know, college football is driven by television. Television is trying to fill up as many nights a week as they can with as many decent matchups as they can. The Big Ten and other leagues, they aren't really often going to put you know, let's say Michigan Ohio State on a Thursday night. That's got its spot on Saturdays, but you're gonna have to put good teams on these days if you really want people to if you really want it to be an event that people want to tune into. So Penn State Purdue is a is a good matchup, not an elite matchup, and I think probably fits the bill for what they're trying to do on Thursdays.
1: I bet you they'll do really good with television ratings on that game. Dustin let's move on. Uh The NFL Combine will be coming up soon, and real nice showing for Penn State. There'll be eight, eight Penn State players, and you might have been able to argue about another player or two who should have been there. Really impressive, but now the question becomes, okay, what do those eight guys have to show once they get there?
0: Yeah, there's there's something to prove for every every single player who goes there has to validate, back up, prove something. If it's not in the physical workouts Um, It might be in the drilling portion if they do that. Um, It might be in the interviews. It might be a lot of times in the health department. So, you know, looking at Jaquan Brisker, for example, there are things that he has to do um, to back up what teams are going to really like about him on film. And they're going to wonder, okay, is his do-it-all ability, is his ability to be all over the field all the time, run support, pass defense, can he he backpedal? You know, he's going to have to answer some of those questions. But I think – you know, just like a lot of players, uh, he's got to run a pretty solid number to, to uh, show NFL teams that, um, that that he can do it at that level, too, with bigger, faster, more athletic competition. Uh, but he's one, you know, after playing through a lot of the 2021 season banged up, I mean, does all his health stuff check out? Does he pass uh, a physical with flying colors? You know, he, he's one that has to back that up in the,
1: in the medical department, too. Uh, that's a good point. I have no concern about Jaquan Brisker. If you've watched him play the way we have, he's a stud. (laughs) He's a player.
0: Uh, and, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he's what? a
1: baller. He is a football
0: player. He's not an athlete who happens to play safety. Like, he is a football player through and through. Somebody who loves, eats, breathes, drinks the game. And that's going to, I think that's going to come through um, in, in his interview portion. I'm sure that they're going to, you know, NFL teams are going to poke and probe about what he saw on particular plays and how he managed to cover so much ground. I think he's going to do really, really well for himself in the interview section, too, because as he loves the game so much and it shows on film and I think it shows in his attitude he doesn't really take anything for granted coming from the Juco ranks I think I think teams are really going to love him
1: I, I do too and his ability to make plays when you saw him interviewed after games where he's made a big interception you know it's he's watched film and he's read plays so I, I don't think there'll be any issues there um, let's get through most of these guys if we could Tariq Castro Fields is a guy He's been around, it seems like, forever, started his career really well, but I'm not sure we ever saw the best of him. What does he have to prove?
0: Yeah, I think with his wiry frame, I mean, he's got to show that he can run a bit. He's got to show that he can hold up um, against big, strong wide receivers, and I think he's got to, you know, show the technique that that lets NFL teams know that there is still more out there for him. You know, he he played banged up for a good chunk of his um, Penn State career too, um, and I don't I don't think he really fully met his own expectations or maybe the coaching staff's expectations for how good he can be. So he's got to prove, you know, physically and technique wise um, that he can do the job there does Jahan Dotson have anything to prove I think he's just gotta you know he's going to um he's gonna have to prove the teams he's as fast as he looks on film um I think a a low 4-3 would be great for him Uh, I think he's gonna blow everything else away
1: I I agree there uh let's go to Arnold Ibikidi essentially an unknown coming into this past season out of Temple had a tremendous year his stock just seems to be rising and rising How was he going to do at the combine?
0: Well, he's either got to show that his measurables are on point because you're looking for certain arm length and you're looking for certain length just in general with with a player of it. And I'm not sure if he does meet the grade as far as being elite, but he's got to either show that he's got those measurables or that they don't really matter for him. You know, That's the difference probably for him between being
1: a first-round guy and a little bit later maybe in the second round. Uh, Jesse Locada had what I'll call a disappointing 2020 season at linebacker. They made him this hybrid, defensive end-ish kind of player. And all of a sudden, we saw a different Jesse Locada. How's he going to look to NFL teams?
0: It's my belief with that versatility is going to be a huge deal. He's going to be able to occupy multiple roster spots in one. I think he's either got to show that he's super strong or he's got to show that he's faster than teams expect. One or the other. It doesn't have to be both. He's got to just got to put a number forth that says, okay, he's good enough to play both those spots in the league.
1: That versatility will come in handy. NFL loves that with those limited numbers on their rosters. Brandon Smith is a guy who never lived up to the billing at Penn State. Always felt like he was going to be the next great linebacker. Not sure that ever happened. What does he have to prove at the combine?
0: If teams are dreaming upon what he can do in the future. If they're looking at his frame and looking at his body and looking at the way that he moves, um you know, he's going to have to really uh blow teams away with how he performs the bench press how he runs how he drills you know there are going to be some holes you can poke in his game just by watching film just because of you know the tendency to get a little over aggressive to overrun things to try to blow guys up when a simple tackle would suffice and he's gonna have to hone those instincts and everybody's gonna everybody's gonna know that he has to hone those instincts and clean that stuff up if he's gonna have a long NFL career but he's got to show that he is so athletic and he's got so much length and he runs so well that you can't help but spend a high pick on him I think he's gonna do that too he's gonna show teams you know he's built exactly how you want sort of an edge guy and outside linebacker to be at the next level and he's just got to make sure that that all that goes on paper
1: a similar guy is Rashid Walker I think we always expected more from him but that doesn't mean he can't be a high draft pick
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, I I think you want to see him do well in that – uh, in the drilling portion of it, can he move his feet well? Um, you know, with offensive linemen, I'm never really sure. Okay, the bench, you know, if you put up, you know, 40 reps on the bench, that's great. But if you put up a, a middle number there and you put up a middle number, you know, uh, in the 40 yard dash, I don't know if that really differenti- differentiates you. But I think he just got to show that he's athletic enough, which he is, uh, but that he's got all the technical stuff down as a three year starter to support him being a good offensive tackle maybe even a great one at the next level
1: and real quickly punter Jordan Stout uh, show that he's an athlete that he can move
0: that he can run I think
1: people want to see that at the next level he's going to impress I think someone's going to be really happy to get Jordan Stout all right that's it for quarter number one starting quarter number two we're going to continue our series on projecting the 22 class stick around
0: this is where the temperatures are unkind This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hearty souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.